Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come to email us at ForgottenFailuresCast at gmail.com or visit ForgottenFailuresCast.com. Of course, the finger sandwiches, you know, you can never go wrong with them. I figure, you know, if I'm having a party, small party, 25, 30 people, you, know, you get the watercress, slice the purple onion very thin, touch of butter, cut the crust off the bread, you know, you got it made. Welcome to Forgotten Failures. I am Mike. I'm Spencer. And I'm also Mike. And uh, welcome to Forgotten Failures. This is the podcast where we watch forgotten and obscure movies and determine whether they deserve to be remembered. And uh, you heard a new voice this week. We are now doing what every other podcast does and having a guest for the first time ever. His name is Spencer. And uh, he has his own podcast. And uh, now uh, he is going to publicize our podcast on his podcast and get us lots of listeners and vice versa. And we are watching... Spencer's pick this week. It's a movie called Tough Turf. Uh, Spencer, what is Tough Turf? It's a weird teen movie from the mid-80s that's trying way too hard to be like five different types of movies all at once. And it, it, it kind of <laughs> works, but it's really fascinating and kind of hilarious. All right. All right. So since uh, I know nothing about this movie other than uh, the little intro that we just heard and then uh, the fact that it has uh, James Spader and uh, Robert Downey Jr., I believe. Yeah. Uh, and judging by the name Tough Turf, I'm thinking like in my head, uh-huh. I'm thinking something like River City Ransom, like the <laughs> video game. But, but I know that it, <laughs> given that you said it's like a teen movie, I know it's not going to be that. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I don't know. It's an experience. I personally <laughs> really love it. All right. There's going to be a bunch of uh, James Spader's in red shirts and a bunch of Robert Downey Jr.'s in blue shirts hitting each other with pipes and going, barf! Yeah, that's my kind of yeah. movie. Well, I'm looking at the key art here, and it uh, none of the people in this art look very tough, especially James Spader. He looks like he's in charge <laughs> of the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Has he ever looked tough? Yeah, I don't think so. Don't know, he looks more tough now that he's bald I, I like and intimidating. And kind of chubby. Oh, very yeah. chubby. But somehow he's more intimidating now, you know? He, he looks weird in this. So I'm, yeah, but I've heard a lot about this. It has over a million views on YouTube, which is a new record for us. I think uh, The Pit <laughs> had about 300,000 views on YouTube. So clearly there's something here worth watching. I tried to watch The Pit, and um, it was a little too creepy for me. It, it, that was a creepy movie. But it had trollologues. It did, and a creepy little kid. Oh, man, that kid still gives me a little bit of nightmares. And his cousin. All right, so uh, enough mm-hmm. about The Pit. Let's talk about Tough Turf. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think I'm excited about this, just judging on the fact that James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> mm-hmm. are in it. Um, if nothing else, there might be like some seeds of, of the greatness that they kind of <laughs> became. Uh, I don't really know what to expect as far as plot or anything, but uh, just going on the kind of basic plot that we or basic story that we were given and, and the, the actors in it, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I want to see this uh, tough kid from the wrong side <laughs> of the tracks in Connecticut. Home of <laughs> tough kids. Uh, he goes from Connecticut to uh, L.A. Ah. Or, or it's, it's, it's vague California. but <laughs> Vague California. You so know, it's, the like, it's the opposite of the journey in Airborne. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, a, nice. a, it's an A's teen movie, so it's vague California. It's just California. There's a beach, maybe. There's a lot of traffic. There's like, a lot of great music. Board, yeah. Boardwalk, red bikinis. <laughs> That's Baywatch. L- Latino gangs with do-rags, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Is this a break-in sequel? Like break-in three, <laughs> tough turf? Or a prequel to Colors? That's what I want. 
Uh, all right. So, Spencer, since you've seen this before, uh, I'm guessing you're excited about watching it. Oh, yeah. Again. I just need an excuse to watch it again. Well, we're, we're happy to uh, give you that experience. That's all we need to hear. So uh, with that, uh, let's go watch this thing. Let's do it. All right. Meet Morgan Hiller. First day in a new school. You ready for it? I always. He's got an attitude. No bike riding on campus. Well, I was just sort of hoping I could take a quick ride through history. You mind taking those off? I'd like to see who I'm talking to. They've got a problem. What's good at me? Not until you tell me what your name is. He lives in two worlds. I'm sure Patty and Al will vouch for us. Always behind enemy lines. You are not now, nor were you ever members of this club. Tough turf. They took your car. Our only car, man. He's a loner on a roll. An outsider on the edge. Caught between a dangerous loser. Did you give his bike back? And the girls they both love. She belongs to Nick. Come uh, on, Jimmy. Lincoln freed the slaves. Okay. All right, we're back. We watched Tough Turf. Tough Turf. Tough Turf. And it's turf. many musical montages. <laughs> yeah, I think this had more music in it than Get Crazy did. Uh, it's it's on par at least. Yeah, get yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's all in the last half of the movie. Here it's just throughout. Yeah, <laughs> true. But before right, we but get before, into it, uh, this go. is I'm Mike. Mike is also here, and Spencer, you are here. And uh, what yeah. are you here to plug, if anything? Well, I have a <laughs> I have a podcast with a friend, Gina. She's friends with uh, Lindsay, who's passed uh-huh. away, but she'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, me and Gina, we watch old weird TV shows that people forgot about. It's called Tune In Tonight. It's this weird forgotten TV no one cares about. And like nice. we talked about the Coneheads TV special. That was an animated <laughs> show for like a cartoon series. Wow. Wow. It's awful. Don't bother watching it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I so we just have to listen the... to the podcast then. Mm-hmm. Well, I would recommend that you mm-hmm. watch the pilot for Puchinski. Uh, we're going to cover that at some point. Good. It's, it's on the list. You want to guess for that? <laughs> it should be the entire list. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and back that's to Spencer. Tune in tonight. Check out his stuff. Mm-hmm. I hope I got that name right. I'm sorry if I didn't. Yeah, tune, tune, in, in, okay. tune in tonight. All right, check it out. So, uh, Tough Turf. Um, I'll start. Um, Tough Turf was a little bit... Uh, it's a little crazy. Uh, I know that we were told that it's a bunch, like a bunch of movies, kind of thrown into one, but uh, it really was. It was I, I saw elements of like all sorts of '80s movies, like uh, Karate Kid and Breaking and The Warriors, and like any John Hughes movie or even Grease. Like there's just so much oddball things thrown in here, and uh, and the movie was an hour and fifty minutes long, um, which was a little crazy. Uh, considering this could have been cut down a whole heck of a lot and probably made a little bit more sense. It seemed like there was a lot of like cool spurts of like, oh, that was cool. That was cool. That was a cool element. And then there'd be like a lull for a while or, you know, and then it'd be cool again. And then it'd be like, oh, what the hell's going on? There's like all these like side plots that didn't really contribute. We'll get into like the the more <laughs> intricacies of it later on. But uh, I would say this movie was a little weird just because I think if it was edited, if this movie was like 85 minutes, I would probably be like, watch this movie. But the fact that it was so long, it kind of dragged in spots. I'm like kind of teetering between like skip it and watch it with friends because there was enough parts where it was like kind of ridicule worthy where you can kind of like laugh and do stuff. But then there was some like kind of sappy, like weird spots that just kind of lagged. So uh, 
I'm, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I'm really torn. Um, I think I'm going to say skip it, but unless you have like a lot of friends that are fans of Robert Downey Jr. and <laughs> haven't seen this, or, fan, yeah. or, or, or James Spader and just want to see them as youngers, uh, you can watch it then. So that's the stipulation. Oh, I so, think, uh, yeah. well, so what I do think, you got, Mike? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's right. But I think I'm on, I think I'm, I have similar feelings, but I'm going to go with the watch it side just because okay. like I enjoyed watching it and that's because like all the stuff you could remove to make it a lot shorter is basically all the eighties music. Like there are <laughs> so many scenes where it could have been like a five second long scene, but instead we get an entire song played <laughs> while the same thing happens over and over. So if you uh, really like eighties movies with really classic soundtracks with a lot of eighties music on them, then this movie will be watchable. If not, it uh, might be hard to watch just because uh, it's, it's, uh, it's too long. Yeah. And uh, the stuff that's crazy in it is all the stuff with the teenagers. And there's just so much stuff with Robert, with uh, James Spader being sad with his parents. And that stuff wasn't fun. So I'm, I'm uh, kind of uh, at the borderline as well. What about you, Spencer? Having seen this before, uh, how did you feel watching it again? I would say I love it even more. <laughs> it's a, it's a, such a giant mess, yeah. but so fun just to watch this weird disaster happen. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I'm a sucker for the music, too. And since you kind of recommended us to watch this, I'm guessing you're going to tell people to watch it. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. So it's, uh, it's worth tracking down. OK, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. If you're if you're the completionist and want to watch every uh, Iron Man movie out there, you can you can watch this one first. It's, it's a, like Iron Man. <laughs> it's pretty much like the origin story. It's the uh, prequel, the Age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> A bunch More. of flying, <laughs> bunch of flying uh, uh, robot suits. He has Doberman. Yeah, <laughs> Morgan. Morgan turns into a, a cyborg uh, AI, and yeah. uh, uh, other guy turns into Tony Stark. Yeah. I, funny enough, I think there was a scene where uh, I forget where they were. Maybe at that club, one of the many clubs in this movie. And they come out in the alley. It was right before they stole the Porsche from him. Mm-hmm. And on the wall was tagged. It said the new Avengers. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that was the name of a band. But, uh, yeah, yeah, or a gang. Whatever. But, uh, but uh, before we uh, start talking about this thing, let's, uh, let's do the Mike D break D. Okay. Uh, Morgan <laughs> is a Morgan is the name of a guy. He moved to L.A. from Connecticut with his parents who used to be rich and now they're not rich. Uh, he instantly uh, gets on everybody's nerves by riding his bike everywhere. Uh, he rides his bike through what is attempted, what is supposed to be a very successful mugging. Then uh, the people who are going to perform the mugging get really mad at him. They all go to school with him. But at the same time, he uh, ma- makes he makes eyes at the girlfriend of the leader <coughs> of the gang. Of course, uh, she has the world's longest hair, which is also crimped. <laughs> so it would be even longer without that. Uh, she eventually falls for him eventually then he gets beat up with towels then he gets beat up again uh then uh the leader of the gang proposes marriage to the girl and then instantly turns into a complete psychopath and uh then beats him up again and then beats up the girl and then shoots uh our hero morgan's father and then i think kills the girl's father too and then they have an amazing showdown at a circus sign warehouse where i think everyone gets killed except our hero and the girl the end (laughs) <laughs> See now, <laughs> that synopsis was awesome because yeah. that was all the kind of cool parts of the movie. Yeah, uh, you left out a whole lot of like white people dancing and <laughs> music clubs and yeah. you didn't like sing uh, full songs. Yeah, and um, like a, a weird part where they crash like a country club for no real reason. Yeah, that reminded yeah. me of running out of luck. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Like this is the scene where Mick Jagger and Radon Chong just 
spend like eight minutes walking around this casino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that was the equivalent of that scene. Was uh, yeah. this country club that, that scene was that was like it, it could have been like ten seconds long, but it just cut back and forth and back and forth and back and forth between yeah. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> doing something goofy and the girl doing something goofy and her friend, the one with the yep. giant feathery earrings, doing something goofy. Yeah, that, that friend was actually pretty cool. She was one of my favorite characters. I think there were two friends, she, but I couldn't tell which was which. Uh, yeah, there was a, a brunette friend and a blonde friend. Yeah, the but, blonde friend was kind of cool, and the brunette friend was kind of like a downer. Yeah, she showed up like maybe twice in the whole movie. Yeah, I liked the one yeah. with the feathery earrings, whose name was Feather. <laughs> nice. And I think she was Robert Downey Jr.'s girlfriend. Or in this movie, as we know him as Jimmy, the drummer for the Jim Carroll band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know the band actually had a name. Well, that was Jim Carroll, the guy who did uh, People Who Died and uh, other kind of underground new wave songs of the 80s. Uh, it was him as okay. the singer for that band. Oh, okay. I don't know if that the rest sense. of the band was his actual band, but that was Robert Downey Jr. on drums. It was kind of weird. Well, not really. It sounded like they were really performing. Yeah, he was. Th- those were electronic drums, and he was playing on a real <laughs> drum kit, so he was not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. They, they probably just hit play on the on the <laughs> drum machine, and they're like, hey. This guy's cool. Let's just have him look like he's playing the drums. Yeah, let's just have him sit there with sunglasses around his neck, uh, winking yeah. at the audience the entire time. And bondage <laughs> pants mm-hmm. with no shirt. Yeah, he looks like a, like a Chippendale dancer. <laughs> yeah, he kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> sweaty, too. Uh, sweaty. The sweaty drums like to sweat. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, and there were, uh, no. every member of the gang was wearing mm-hmm. a, uh, what would you call it, a tank top. Some of them yeah. uh, midriff-bearing <laughs> tank tops. Yeah. yeah, that was there was a lot of like warriors esque type of stuff oh, yeah. going on with that gang's wardrobe. Yeah, so, and then in, in being a t- the, it's being a completely uh, cartoonish gang. It starts mm-hmm. out as you know after school special about troubled teens, and then that after school mm-hmm. special turned into Roadhouse so gradually I didn't even <laughs> notice it. This final yeah. confrontation in the circus warehouse, which mm-hmm. I wonder if Keanu's confrontation final confrontation was a reference to that. Anyway, that was pretty awesome. But completely, <laughs> I haven't seen Keanu. Completely did not fit in with the rest of the movie. No way. Well, no, nothing is movie no. fit together. No. Yeah, it's it was literally like four or five different movies cut it, together. It, it just happened to have the same actors in it. It felt like this is. It had like six different script writers who were who specialized in six different types of movies. That yeah. is, that's combined forces to make this weird yeah. movie. Yeah, what for were sure. those I movies? Because think... there's Roadhouse, there's yeah. the After School Special, mm-hmm. there's the movie, there's Valley Girl, the movie about uh, the teenage teen girls with dirty mouths. That goes on yeah. for a while. Yeah, there's like kind of like the little romance type of movie in there too, between uh, like playing hard to get with the girl and uh, and Morgan James Spader's guy. And there's which... and it's a musical. Yeah, and it's a musical. That's oh yeah, true. yeah. This is more of a musical than Streets of Fire. This movie had so much music and so much dancing, like it had. I think. It was like so much dancing. Yeah, like, and it was, it was choreographed kind of, like, too. Yeah, yeah it was like, like Jets and Sharks degree of choreograph. The first, <laughs> yes. the first scene where uh, Frankie, well, the girl played by uh, Kim Richards from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Paris Hilton's on, <laughs> and the little girl from Assault in Precinct Thirteen who gets shot in the face in the beginning, and the little uh-huh. girl from Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh yeah, that too, and and the girl from Tough Turf, <laughs> <laughs> very much so. <laughs> I just didn't want to be left out. Yeah, everything she does is choreographed, and I guess all the other dancers had to be choreographed as well to go along with it. It's really, really well done, I guess. It reminded me of, well, Streets of Fire, I guess, are absolute <laughs> beginners. Something that's really just a musical, not a, you know, the musical numbers are musical numbers. They it don't have seems, much to do with the story. To me, it just seems so forced and fake. 
Uh, like, you always uh, say that about musicals. Yeah, well, not only that, but the, no, I'm talking more about the dancing. Like, it it was like a pretty legit concert like show thing going on. Yeah. Like, it looked like a place where a band like that of that era would probably show up and play. Yeah, it was cool. And then, uh, and then they're just kind of like, but a crowd would never be like that. Like, there's never a crowd of That's people that dancing like that. Exactly. Either that organized or just even that into it. Like, there's always some people there that are just dragged along that are just kind of stand around and watch. Like, that's that's the essence of any show or concert. Well, it was like the people in the front were like, they, they, they like practiced all their dance moves. <laughs> and people in the back just didn't show up to practice and they didn't <laughs> perform. Yeah, yeah they yeah. just like to dance. They and they had to care. practice the dance moves because they advanced the plot. Yeah. Because the whole thing is that James Spader is trying to get uh, Frankie, the girl, to dance with him, and she keeps going from no, saying no, no, no. And then mm-hmm. the they're like these line dancers in the audience. They keep like <laughs> pushing them together, parting like the Red Sea, so they can uh. dance back and forth with each other while everybody else watches. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Nick and his little gang of dudes, and uh, oh, yeah. his multi ethnic gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That multi ethnic. <laughs> And then he, he kind of Nick's kind of like a bitch. Like he's he's he's, this, he's the leader, but he doesn't really do anything. He just kind of like goes, "Hey, fight this guy," or "Hey." He just looks thirty five hey. and you know hangs yeah, out with teen- yeah. teenagers. Yeah, that, that's that's a, that's a good point. This is a high school movie, and everyone looks like they're at least thirty thirty five years old. <laughs> well, not Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. is the only one that looks like he might pass as like a senior in high like school. Like he looks like he he might be able to go to a liquor store and get and buy beer without getting ID'd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert yeah, Downey so Jr. is the like wacky, goofy guy in this yeah, movie. He's the, like the sidekick who's unpredictable and just mm-hmm. shows up. He's the wild yeah, card, wearing a weird outfit. The, the wild card. <laughs> he's yeah, so Charlie Nick Kelly. just kind of like shoots these guys, and and even there, uh, they have obstacles of these people dancing. Like they keep getting <laughs> shut out of like trying to stop Morgan and uh, Frankie from dancing, and he's like, "Oh, I can't get by." Like you're supposed to be this tough dude, just pushing <laughs> out of the way. Like instead, he's like, "Oh, they're dancing. I can't get by." And like twenty minutes earlier, all the kids at school were scared to death of him, and now it's like, "Oh, yeah. oh who cares? We're dancing." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's like Jimmy Junior. <laughs> Bob's Burgers. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what a, like eighty percent of this dancing was 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 Jimmy Junior. Yeah, Nick Nick's so Nick is the leader of the gang, and his gang, like, well, he's kind of like a Bob Saget type. He struck me as. Uh, okay. <laughs> Although. Toward the end of the movie, as his how is he like explain Bob Saget. Bob Saget? I don't know. He just the way he looked, the way his hair was, the way he was older than everybody else. <laughs> See, I thought he looked more like Uncle Jesse. If you're going to make a Full House assessment, yeah. I okay, see. he he combines the worst elements of both, <laughs> and his underlings are all just kind of vaguely Hispanic guys like him. One of it's whom I think Hispanic was actually wearing a jughead hat, like a hat from the '50s that was inside yeah. out and upside down, <laughs> and had a bandana wrapped around it. Yeah, that's cool. It was, it's the 80s. Yeah, man, it's the 80s. Dudes can wear midriff bearing shirts. It doesn't look yeah. weird. No, it's cool. You can wear short shorts with the pockets hanging out, and that's cool, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm used to the short shorts, like on basketball players. But yeah. not, not the midriff bearing <laughs> shirts. They don't they didn't even wear those in the NBA. Yeah, but, but dudes wore them in the 80s. Yeah, watch Bill and Ted. Yeah, I think I, there's I, pictures of my dad walking around with shirts and pants like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> not my dad. So. He has always been the epitome of dignity. <laughs> My dad's in between. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he has shades of uh, <laughs> dignity and shades of uh, being an ass. <laughs> Making an ass of himself. And he just wears shades. Sure, <laughs> let's say that. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so what was your favorite song in this movie? Oh, man, that's <laughs> so hard. I, I, re- I really like the, uh, what was it, the Jack Mac, Joe Mac? Jack Mac, Mac and, and the Heart Attack. Jack Mac and the Heart Attack. 
that, a band those guys were cool. of like 25 blues brothers <laughs> yeah they, they were cool because they had like choreographed horn section and everything like oh they were and the great. dude had a yeah that dude had a cool uh like blues voice i was like yeah i'm digging this it was all high energy it was like huey lewis in the news but kicked up a notch <laughs> yeah so uh, anything they did was my favorite What do you got, Mike? It sounded like you wanted to. Oh, well, to I poke liked the song where um, James Spader decided to drive the girl around on a tour of the mansions of Beverly Hills for about <laughs> three and a half minutes. But the song yeah. in the background was this crazy German woman, Lena Lovich, singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did it go? What uh, do you do when opposites attract? Yeah. I think that <laughs> was a song. Went. <laughs> like a weird techno beat behind it. Yeah, and it had like these weird like bubbles, like <laughs> like that was like the music. It was it was bizarre. What do you do when opposites attract? What do you do when opposites attract? What do you do? What do you do when your words collide? Don't forget about the past. Let down seek a new sensation. Yeah, the first time I saw this movie, that that song didn't strike me as weird. This time it's like this doesn't fit with the soundtrack at all. Yeah, it doesn't fit, but it fits with that part, I guess, of the yeah. movie. Not necessarily like the tone, but like what she's singing, because mm. that's kind of like when she starts falling for Morgan a little bit. Yeah, it's, so it's um, the whole it's, opposite. Like it's, it's, it's being very it. subtle, thing like uh, you know they're falling yeah. in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was your favorite uh, song, Spencer? Tough Turf, the other Tough Turf song. Uh, I'd say a tie between both songs by Jack Mack and Heart Attacks. <laughs> Yeah, those were those were those were bangers. You just like their choreographed uh, trombone moves with their uh, matching cravats. Yeah, yeah, and their stage banter with the guy with that really weird deep voice. <laughs> You gotta have one of those. Not, yeah, there was also uh, the the new wavy band that Robert Downey Jr. played drums for. Uh, Jim some of that Carol. stuff wasn't bad. Yeah, for uh, for new wave type of music, that was it was pretty good. It was you know, it was it was upbeat. Was that yeah. Jim, Was that one of Jim Carroll's actual songs? I think I, have no idea. I think that was. It's it, it's too late. I think was one of his songs. And uh, the the people who died song toward the end is definitely one of his songs. Hmm. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So that that was fun stuff. Uh, I, I like the, I like seeing this like. Glimpses of the punk scene from 80s L.A. Yeah. That kind of yeah. went away after the initial concert by the Jim Carroll band. Yeah. But even that, the, like the whole, uh, that was more of the like new wave punk scene than the uh, the nitty gritty. Like it wasn't like fear, black flag style. Yeah. T-S-O-L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's no leaving. <laughs> yeah. Or piggy. Yeah, he's no piggy. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, this band, this, I think Nada would have, that Nada band would have fit right in on the soundtrack. Maybe better yeah. than, what was it, a track? Yeah, I think Nada actually opened up for that band. If, if, yeah, or, you, if you if you watch the extended director's <laughs> cut, there's, a, there's, like, a, there's like a four minute Nada song. Yeah, or a song that uh, Malcolm McDowell did. <laughs> I forgot his character's name, but it's just to me from the Reggie Malcolm Wanker. McDowell. Reggie Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Oh, uh, so while we're on the music thing, uh, there's a scene in the beginning with uh, with Morgan James Spader's mm-hmm. who uh, who James Spader looks very much like Johnny from the Karate Kid in this movie. 
Oh yeah, um, yeah. kind of. Yeah. So uh, so on his first day of school, um, he goes in and like I guess it's the principal or the dean. I don't know who the guy is. Maybe mm-hmm. he's just a counselor. Yeah, he calls here. him into his office. Yeah, yeah. Who I knows? think that's the principal. <laughs> okay. So he calls him into the office and gives him like a hey you're you're a smart kid what do you want to do blah 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 and um, he he says like I've looked at your track record and one of the things he brings up is rooftop rock concerts yeah. and oh, I was like no. that's a thing that kids do and it goes on their like record that goes from one school to another. <laughs> well, got it on the roof like, of the school, I guess. <laughs> and and not only that he had like one, it was like concerts plural. <laughs> so this guy's like just throwing concerts on the roof of his He's school a and getting that's and not getting away with it that's not habitually. that bad though that seems kind no, of that's like, not like if, I, if that happened at my high school i think those kids were pretty cool yeah exactly i i guess the teachers would be mad maybe but maybe yeah but it's not like they're not shooting property people. or like yeah i don't know yeah no one's getting hurt unless someone's getting thrown off the roof but we don't we don't know the whole story we don't know <laughs> so you yeah, think you really but, uh, have good a good reputation, or was this just part of the uh, class politics that circuit that uh, underscores every aspect of this movie? <laughs> because yeah, you see, he's know. rich, except he doesn't have money anymore. Yeah, so he's not it's rich like, anymore. Uh, but he's not able to fit in with the non-rich people either. Yeah. Except they all like him, and he does fit in with them. Yeah, yeah. he's it's, from a he's from the right side of his tracks, but goes to the wrong side of his tracks. It's the classic riches the rag story. <laughs> but his dad, I mean. His dad a is a real haircut. estate expert. Yeah, that too. <laughs> it looks like it's like it's a bad hockey haircut. Like he's trying to like in a uh, Connecticut, he tried to try out for the Whalers, and they just kept rejecting him. But he kept the haircut the whole time. Yeah, he he strikes me as the guy who was like maybe like the personal trainer for the Whalers, or like he did their taxes or something. Like he was the finance guy. Yeah, like he grew up like that stupid hockey fit. hair just to fit yeah. in with the team. Like he wanted to fit in. He's like, hey guys, I got the hair. Check it out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this would have been the, the heyday of the Hartford Whalers, too. Yeah, they had, yeah, they're, they're yeah. not dead yet. I mean, but no, the dad, no. like, he lost his business in Connecticut somehow, but he's he's studying to be a real estate agent in California, and there's this whole scene where he's like, well, the laws here are exactly the same, so I'm not going to have any trouble. Yeah. And he has a job as a taxi driver. That's not that bad. No. But they're yeah. just so yeah. embarrassed. And he has the ability to beat up, like, 15 gang members at once. <laughs> he should be yeah, proud of that. that. Yeah, he was a... Baller, man. He was whipping the shit out of those dudes. Is it weird that, like, he moved to, uh, uh, like, a new state, a new city, but he's a taxi driver? So wouldn't that mean, like, uh, wouldn't that mean he'd be bad at it because he doesn't That's know right. the area? <laughs> didn't he, he didn't, didn't he have to study for years to learn the roads? <laughs> yeah. It's not like they had GPS over, like, back then either. I think it did exist, but, like, only really rich people had it. Yeah. <laughs> and fishing boats out in the ocean. <laughs> fishing boats. Yeah. So Morgan, our hero, uh, he, he also, when he kept talking, speaking of his dad, I kept thinking mm-hmm. it was his dad talking. That's just the way James Spader talks, even when he was like 15, I'm sure. Yeah, he sounded like a fully grown man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably yeah he, he was, was like, Mom, I've only been at this school for one year, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was like 25 or so when they shot this. But that's still like, yeah, he sounds like he's a 58-year-old man like talking. Like, oh, well, man. I tell you, babe, you know, my parents moved here and my dad <laughs> lost his business. <laughs> Like, I don't feel bad for you when you talk like that. You sound like you've got everything figured out. <laughs> yeah, he's like straight out of like a noir film or something. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about the stupid thing the dad tells Morgan? Which one? Uh, <laughs> uh, he said, life isn't a problem to be solved. It's a mystery to be lived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> you're, you're supposed to make mistakes. That's what that means. And he I says, guess. Morgan, you're a good man. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we have we heard about anything either good or bad that Morgan has done. 
He seems he like a kind of a normal guy. He seems like yeah. a, a, like an edgier Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Yes. Like he antagonizes yes. people with his bike, but it's all in good fun. He sprayed people yeah. with beer, but it's not like mace or anything. It's just beer. He's got a leather yeah. jacket, but it has like the flag of the Christmas <laughs> Islands on it on the back, not like a death's head. <laughs> what was that flag? I don't know. It almost looked like, uh, was it Australia? No, not Australia. It's some British it colony. One of, some yeah, weird yeah, it was one of those British logo colonies. logo in the middle and then the Union Jack. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, so everything but, about uh, this guy but, is weird. He's not an archetype. But, yeah, yeah, he's not interesting. Uh, during like, like a, one of the opening scenes, uh, that flag, he's on his bike, and there's one of the tough guys. Uh, it takes an antenna <laughs> off a car and starts like whipping it around like it's a sword. Art. And straight up like hits him in the back, and it cuts, his, uh, cuts the flag. So he desecrated the flag. Arnton, is that easy to rip off? I think he actually unscrewed it, okay. which which is which is pretty plausible. But uh, the fact that it turned into like a katana was was pretty impressive. And then the, the, isn't there a wire attached? No, no, it's usually just screwed right on. Okay. Hmm. Can we talk about how uh, he and RDJ became friends? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's talk about that. So like they're, so after... they're in history class watching a western. <laughs> yeah, and it's supposed yeah. to be like a documentary or something. They're yeah, they're learning like about wider, like a newsreel from the early '40s about <laughs> gunslingers in the old west. <laughs> It was basically like a newsreel of the movie White. It wasn't even a film strip. It was a newsreel. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought it was a oh. John Wayne movie. Like, it just looks like a, a, a Western from the 40s to me. And then RDJ, like, gives him a, a switchblade. Well, first he just scares the shit out of him by opening it and, <laughs> like, pointing it at him. <laughs> That's the first time he scares the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Morgan's like, whoa, buddy. And he falls out of his seat and he's like on the ground. And <laughs> the, the teacher's like, what's going on? And uh, there's and something very interesting going on, young man. <laughs> yeah, and he still he still has the knife out. And he's like, I can't figure out how to put it away. Yeah. And then the teacher comes over and asks him what's going on. And he said, oh, I was talking about the Call of the Wild book. <laughs> I like dogs. I have no idea. Is this, I think of this RDJ uh, uh, improving. Yeah, all right. And he's actually I, I, really your, your character lo- is loves Doberman pinchers. <laughs> Although we don't learn that until the last scene. Uh, yeah. that's your character. <laughs> but he lives with, but like he's in high school, but he lives in an apartment with some dude. I think that was his Yeah, brother. that was weird. Brother? <laughs> I guess his brother. Yeah, who we see him I'll in one that. scene and he's drinking from a generic can of beer that says beer on it. Very much like in <laughs> yeah. Repo Man. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's just like Repo Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, funny. I was just thinking, I would rather watch Repo Man. I really, really would than Turf, than Tough Turf. I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> Repo Man's great. <laughs> yeah, but there are some great moment moments in this movie too. Uh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What else about about it? Yeah, so we see his brother once. Mm-hmm. We see uh, the girlfriend's uh, dad once, and it, well, no, more than no, once, twice. twice. We see him for the yeah, first twice. time, like like uh, seventy five minutes into the movie. <laughs> Nick just barges into her bedroom. And says, whoa, time to celebrate. And then this old guy is following behind him mm-hmm. saying, yeah, let's celebrate. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And he says, it's not every day that I get asked for my daughter's hand in marriage. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This guy who's like 80 years older than her is her dad. Yeah, like yeah. he looks like a skeleton with skin. Like no muscle, yeah. just skin. <laughs> skeleton yeah, he like looks skeleton. Like, yeah, I thought he was a member of the gang and would be like <laughs> the mascot of the gang, which would be an actual He's- skeleton. Yeah. yeah, he's like the founding member. He's <laughs> like the the originator, the OG tough. Yeah, so that dad's like all excited because his daughter's marrying this. Yeah, he's, he's finally uh, marrying off his uh, old maid. Yeah. yeah, 
No, that was uh, he has such low standards for us and for his daughter. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not like they have no money. Like, she has at least a million dollars worth of makeup and mirrors in her bedroom. And he, and he, 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 he runs, runs like, the, the sorry. coldest beer store in California. Yeah, and, like, it's a grocery store slash liquor store, so I think that's he's something. doing pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. And I think they live above that, so I'm, yeah. I'm assuming he just owns the whole building now, too. Probably. Like, that. Yeah. I think they could afford to move to a better neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 they could. They probably right. could have. She, she lives above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley, like Frank Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> they probably could have moved to Connecticut if they wanted to. <laughs> sure, plenty of bowling yeah. alleys there. <laughs> oh, so we skipped over the beginning of the, a little bit of the beginning of the movie, and there was a scene um, <laughs> where they have like a. So Morgan kind of ro- rides around on this ten-speed uh, bike, and um, he, after school, Nick steals it. And starts like they do this like game of chicken almost with it, and they're kind of circling it. And so, and, and uh, so that we know it's uh, Nick is serious. Uh, RDJ yeah. says, "Guys, a yeah. goddamn death wish." <laughs> it's a death wish. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of have this standoff, and and Morgan walks over. He's like, "Give me back my bike," and they're like, oh, and they kind of they I don't know what yeah. they do. The, they go, the "Should we guy, give it back?" No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one guy gets in his face, and then. And then uh, Nick yeah. basically lays it on the ground, and, and the, there's it, another guy. But, but first, the Latina guy is like the Hulkster, like he wants to hear it from the crowd. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he does. I wouldn't have been surprised if off camera he's doing the whole like arm shake and putting his <laughs> hand to the ear. He's like, "What? What?" <laughs> so, the, so then uh, one of the other toughs is in a, I think it's an old Camaro, mm-hmm. and um, it stares him down, and they 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 play chicken basically, mm-hmm. and there's this epic accident where james spader's yeah. kind of a badass because he doesn't flinch and the car kind of swerves around and hits the bike but not mm-hmm. not uh morgan and the bike goes flying in the air like slow motion somehow oh man it was like it was like that um that scene from say by the bell the beach the beach years where they're playing volleyball <laughs> did you ever watch that and the ball just goes flying straight up in the air and no one can see it and it was like three minutes later and then it comes down and the bikes, uh, the tires are messed up. That's about it. And then for the rest yeah, of the movie, James Spader keeps the messed up bike in his room. Until I guess his to best remind friend, himself yeah. of his fury, I guess. Yeah. Until his I don't best know friend, RDJ, just... gives him a whole new bike. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why he just didn't get new tires, like new wheels. Like, I'm sure you could go to a bike store and just get new wheels. Yeah, and he's all new rims and wheels. I don't think he cared enough to. Yeah, maybe not. But he spent he's all his real. time on his bike, and now he can't. Yeah. Why is he so yeah. apathetic? His whole identity up until this point in the movie was that bike, basically, yeah. and now it was gone. The opening credits was uh, 12 solid minutes of him riding a bike <laughs> at sunset. 12 minutes. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> at least. <laughs> to the tune of the witch-like voice of Marianne Faithful. Who <laughs> <laughs> That was the, the other female voice on the soundtrack. I forgot. Anyway. Uh. Uh, oh, so uh, so after that uh, bike scene, he goes home, and then his mom sees the broken bike, and and she, she says like, "Well, what happened?" And then he's like, "Oh, you know, they nothing. got an accident or something. Nothing. Yeah, nothing." <laughs> and he goes, "Well, did you get the insurance?" And then <laughs> Morgan goes, "No one here has insurance. What do you think this is?" <laughs> yeah, so it's like, like the sort of thing a teenager would say, but he says it in like a dad way. He's like, don't, don't, like, like a, don't be silly, dear. Nobody has insurance here. <laughs> Yeah, it was so matter of fact. It was just like, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a law there, just as it is everywhere else. I don't know. Yeah, Connecticut, I don't know. Connecticut was... is the world capital of insurance. <laughs> they, maybe they have WWE. to have bike insurance there. Oh, and had the headquarters of WWE, too. Mm. I drove past it once with a friend, and my mind was blown because I assumed it wasn't like 
Redneck, Florida for years. <laughs> or no, Jersey. That, no, uh, Linda McMahon ran for public office in Connecticut multiple times, never getting hardly any votes. Mm. That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if Lindsay was here, she would have spent a while discussing the fashion already. Mm-hmm. We yeah. haven't done any which, of that, except to which mention pretty, the girl's giant feathery earrings. The fashion was pretty uh, spot on from like, especially from not only from, I think, like a realistic point of mm-hmm. view, from like what I kind of like, I was not that old, but looking back, I wasn't like born watching yet. a lot of movies. It was of that era. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it wasn't so outlandish where it seemed kind of like too much. Like it, it seemed fairly grounded. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like break in or something <laughs> like where they were just like wearing rolled you know like just rope on their knees or something <laughs> well there was that guy with the upside down inside out baseball cap with a bandana wrapped around the hat but that was a thing like i remember being like five years old mm-hmm. like you know 1987 ish or something and like flipping the brim up on my hat because like, that was mm-hmm. a cool thing to do it's a relic cap like, that means you're gonna come back from behind like I, I think uh, like Tony Hawk and like a lot of like like uh, like Steve Caballero and stuff like that. Like I I remember look my cousin was uh he was a little bit older and had like a bunch of like Thrasher magazines and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I remember looking through those when I was like five or six. Okay, or well, something. you're closer to the West Coast skate scene. No, this was when I was living in New York, and uh, yeah, it, and I remember seeing like that was like a thing, like the whole like flipped up brim thing. Like it was a lot of like vision hats. <laughs> in my small town, the only thing I remember associated with the skater scene was the mushroom haircut. <laughs> and of course, the oh, that Jankos. was yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, well, that was like later, when we were, yeah, that was probably like when we were actually like of age to be skating. My cousin was, you know, he's like ten years older than me, so he was like four, fifteen, sixteen, and I was like six. So he was of that like mid late eighties skate scene, and uh, oh, okay. it was a, it was a little bit different. Well, my my co- my cousin who was a lot of years older was just in the band and played the French horn, so that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a cool dude. <laughs> Plays a mean bassoon. He could he could play in Jack Max band. Yeah, they could have used a French horn. They had a lot of trombones, but <laughs> oh, can we talk about the American flag behind uh, Jack Mac? Yeah, that whole set was actually really cool. Yeah, that yeah was very like Warhol's factory. Yeah, there are yeah, like I, like uh, not secret doors, but re- like revolving doors. Re- yeah, re- it was it was like a fun house. Yeah, like a fun, a fun house that had a weird American flag with like um, <laughs> uh, orange and yellow stripes. And the yeah, blue was background like some... was green, with purple stars. Yeah, yeah, that was neat. Yeah, and the band was incorporating their backdrop into the performance. So they, they mm-hmm. must just play there every day, all year. <laughs> yeah, they're the, they're the resident band. They have a residency yeah, the there. House band. They're resident scholars. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday night, Jack Mac. And the, uh, the other band, there was the band in the Country Club, which was just the most exaggerated country club, way more than the one in Caddyshack. Like literally, more than twenty percent of the people had sweaters knotted about their shoulders. And they were oh, you're talking about blonde. the actual people there. Yeah, that that was a super preppy, douchey uh, experience going yes. on. So at we that have those things, club. and then you have mm-hmm. the fashion with like what was practically like looked like poodle skirts to me. I just kept thinking, in a lot of these '80s movies, I just keep thinking it's like a pastiche of the '80s and the '50s, but it's really not. It's just exaggerated '80s stuff. They mm. still had. Uh, country clubs back then that were kind of like that yeah I, I could buy that maybe not everyone was blonde but it existed yeah yeah like, and, like uh, in the uh documentary we saw about the same time period society the same sort of thing uh, <laughs> i hate that movie so much <laughs> it made me want to throw up i it was gross it was a gross movie i never want to see it again i just wanted to throw up and take a shower after seeing it i don't blame you 
But this movie ends with 20 me. minutes of uh, violence out of nowhere instead of 20 minutes of shunting, and you love it. <laughs> yeah, because shunting's gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see fleshy goo for half an hour. Uh, and heads growing out of asses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was but you gross. do want to see Robert Downey Jr. sicking Doberman pictures <laughs> on people. Yeah. And they jump out a window after a poor schmo who jumps out a window. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That dog, yeah, that, great. dog was, that dog was like kamikaze style. That was nuts. Yeah, that dog is going to hell with him. Yeah, he was like, you jump out that window, <laughs> I'm coming too. Ruff, 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 ruff. That was the original dog from hell too. And the other dog, I guess, just disappeared because like, uh, you don't see it for like 10 minutes. Yeah, that's right. It, it scares yeah, only... uh, scares the Hispanic one <laughs> up. He climbs up to the ceiling, <laughs> and it just keeps barking. And then, like, you don't hear it barking for like ten minutes. Yeah, well, and after, he's just like swinging. It's a like pole in a video game. Him. After the dog bites somebody, it disappears for a while. It's done. Yeah. Well, the only one dog came back, so I don't know which one came back and which one kind of disappeared. Well, the other guy never came back either, so maybe they died together. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe they formed a, an awesome friendship and they just went, they're like, hey, you know, like I know I was just biting you, but RDJ is kind of an ass and I, I kind of need a new house and they just <laughs> rode off into sunset together. His brother's weird. I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps giving me peanut butter. <laughs> I don't really like peanut butter. He sits around watching public domain cartoons all day. <laughs> he drinks beer brand beer. Who does that? Yeah. Come on, man. This guy's nuts. I'm out. I'm going to yeah. stay with you. Life Being is rough nuts. with him. Uh, <laughs> the, Morgan's dad. Was there any sort of backstory behind him suddenly being able to hulk out and turn his face into a Gary Busey face and just <laughs> subdue an entire gang after you spend the whole movie as a sad sack? No, there was like, nothing. Was he in Vietnam or something? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. He's on the he's on the tough streets of heart of uh, Connecticut. Yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be an aristocrat, isn't he? I don't know. <laughs> The mom was basically the mom from society. I mean, he, this guy was a little less of a uh, blonde than the dad from society, but still. Yeah, that, that came out of nowhere. So, so just to, to recap, uh, there's yeah. there's a scene towards the end, and, and Nick's driving around looking for something. We don't really know what. Frankie's in the car, and then the, the two other toughs are in the backseat. Can we go back a couple minutes to yeah, the dinner when they're eating? Okay, yes. Right. When they have, each of them has a glass of wine, and they're drinking, and they're having with green beans, and chicken nuggets. Was that chicken nuggets? I was trying to figure out what that was. Uh, yeah, it's chicken nuggets. I believe members of the upper crust refer to them as chicken croquettes. <laughs> and like those, I almost thought it might be like little eggplant. And those chicken like nuggets, nuggets or something. were so crunchy. Yes. Like the, the, 80, the, the sound effect is so crisp with those chicken nuggets. It's, <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> and they're I all didn't notice that at all. Drink- it was like when you it was like cracking a crab leg or something. It was like, like biting into an apple and they're all drinking wine with it. <laughs> yeah. Now that's the scene where uh well first of all Nick is Nick the bad guy has suddenly has this is the point where he's totally gone total sociopath. Yes. Um as soon as he realizes the girl isn't his property like mm-hmm. always happens in these movies and he's sneaking around and he sees the girl having dinner with Morgan and her and his family. And then simultaneously, the girl gets mad at Morgan because his mom referred to her mom without knowing that her mom was dead. Like, of all the things to get mad about, like, yeah, they totally forced that scene. So she runs out of the house, and then Nick abducts her and goes but on then, a joyride, um, crime spree, whatever. But uh, Morgan's mom says, how was I supposed to know that? Which is a great point, because Spader should have told her beforehand not to bring up her mom. 
Oh, did he really? Yeah, like, no, he, no, he never mentioned it to her. But she oh, says, okay. how am I supposed to know that? Which is like, no, he's just being a shitty teen. Oh, yeah. By yeah, not yeah, telling yeah. his gotcha. mom to... Uh, yeah, hey, hey, why don't you watch out? Her mom died last year. Like, and he actually, You don't even have to go that far. Just be like, hey, lay off the mom. Yeah, and he's <laughs> acting like, come on, you should have known her mom's dead. You yeah. just met don't her. You re- don't you read the papers? <laughs> Does the word tact mean nothing to you? <laughs> Get it together, mom. He's such a well, shitty teen. Yeah, so then Nick uh, Nick kind of uh, steals away Frankie, and they're, they're joyriding around. And uh, we finally figure out what's going on when uh, he pulls up next to a cab. And it turns out to be um, Morgan's dad. So uh, Nick tells Frankie, hey, take this watch and go ask him for some change because we need gas money. We don't have any money. And she can't. And then uh, it's another ruse where they're going to mug him. And it turns out that Morgan's dad can kick a little ass. So uh, he he fends off like, what was there, three? Three of them, I guess? Uh, three or four. Yeah. Yeah, he At holds him. He holds his own for a while there until like the biggest what the fuck moment of the whole movie. Yeah, when Nick just pulls out a gun out of nowhere and straight up just shoots the dude right in the like, chest th- three, four times. Like it was, it was nuts. Like I did not expect that at all. That up to that no. point, like that really snapped me back into the movie because I was kind of waning there for a little while. And that happened. I was like, "Whoa, what the <laughs> hell just happened?" Like, did there was no like mention of guns or anything? It was very much like well, a, well the only guns gonna, you see are the dart guns where he kills yeah. a fly, and it's like, oh, yeah. that's just killing a bug. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, and it totally felt like it was just going to be like a like a fight movie, like a punching or maybe like yeah. like a pipe or you know like a little bit of weapon, but. It was going to be, you know, like the Warriors. It was not going to be guns. It was going to be like bats and stuff like that, you know. Now it's like a revenge movie. Yeah, and it totally flipped the script again. And it became like it feels something like, even... like Death Wish with high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it almost stops being about James Spader's troubles and starts being about how everyone needs to uh, extinguish this crazy guy <laughs> who's going around attacking everyone. Yeah. And getting engaged to all the girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really getting engaged, just forcing marriage up on them. Okay, yeah. enough of that is a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Which Between, one? Uh, there was a there was a little rapey like sex scene earlier. Oh well, no, with, that uh, was rape because she n- yeah. didn't want it, it was, and he was being disgusting. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty hard to watch because she, she told Nick when I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, or something like that, and he yeah kept going in the scene, kept going on. It's like, can we just move on from this? Nope. Yeah, exactly. I felt the same way. I was just like. Uh, come on, next scene, next scene, next scene, and it, it went on too long. But luckily, like not any yeah. longer. You than don't it see did. anything graphic. <laughs> it's just you see her face. Yeah, which is almost worse. It's like when, uh, like, like violence is worse on screen when you kind of mm-hmm. see like the aftermath, or it's off screen because your, you know, your your brain kind of fills in those those blank spots. Yeah. It's like, like to me, like, like, like torture or something like that is worse when it's off screen than like watching like a Tarantino movie where there's like comic blood all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But then after the dad gets shot in the chest, there's the good sex scene where, well, again, Morgan sneaks into her room and she's like, Morgan, don't sneak into my room. But he does. And then they have the sex scene. Unless maybe that was a different scene where she tells him not to. Anyway. No, that was the same. And even that, that scene went on way too long as well. Yeah, because that had to be an entire musical montage. Well, that's normal for yeah. a sex scene. Those go on for too long. And then Nick goes on another rampage against another dad. Like ten minutes later, after he extinguished <laughs> the first dad, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> he yeah, shows yeah. up at the liquor store. Well, he just starts knocking over all the cash registers and the bo- bags of popcorn and throwing everything around. Yeah, because he apparently saw them having sex. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Quick, it, it's it insinuated. Like, he's like, I can't believe you did that to me. It's like, was he yeah. watching the whole time? 
That was the one yeah, thing they cut out of the movie to get it under under two hours. <laughs> was the because scene of him keeping at that. I think Morgan and her kind of left wherever they were they were doing it, and that was like the next scene. Like they, she, he basically dropped her off at her house or whatever it was, and then uh, Nick rolls up like right then. Yeah, I, I kept I kept expecting uh, uh, James Spader to like turn around and like fight him right there. But uh, I guess he he kind of pedaled out of there. He was like, "Ooh, Nick's here. I'm out." <laughs> pedaled? Did he have his access to his bike again? <laughs> yeah, he had the the Robert Downey Jr. bike at this point. Oh yeah, one of the other wacky old. things Robert Downey Jr. did, In which another one yeah. of the th- wacky things he did was uh, steal the bad guy's car <laughs> and impersonate the bad guy, <laughs> making James Spader think that he was trying to run him over and getting him cornered in an alley just just yeah. as a wacky prank. And they like, oh, it's just me, your best friend. Yeah, <laughs> no biggie. Your best and only friend who you've known for one day. <laughs> you should know I pull wacky stuff like this. I'm the wild card. <laughs> Can we talk about when uh, they're stealing food at the country club? Yes. And Robert Downey Jr. steals a whole baguette and sticks it down his pants. <laughs> and then a waiter catches him. He just dances away. <laughs> yeah. And the waiter just puts it back on the table. Like, it wasn't just rubbing up against Robert Downey Jr.'s junk. Yeah, like, that, that was in someone's pants. It's probably, like, pubic sweat there. Come on. Yeah. The, uh, at the very least, it'd just be, like, a common courtesy to not put it on the table. <laughs> And so the, you've got that, and you've got the one of the girl sidekicks putting a bunch of shrimp in her bra or something. Yeah, while a waiter looks on, holding a baguette as if it were a giant erection. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we get another unneeded scene where uh, James Spader like sings to Frankie. Oh my god! While she's sitting, I can't on believe the they piano. had that whole song in the movie. <laughs> oh. and the entire thing was just him sitting there and her sitting there. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, oh, we. Man. Yeah, we walked night. What'd you say? <laughs> said we walked the night oh yeah <laughs> we walked the night and it goes oh, on and on and on it's and like on. Yeah. why is this song in this movie <laughs> Established him as a singer <laughs> before or after that, or as a piano player. It's never, yeah, it's never brought up again or alluded no. to. It's just like let's just have uh, James Spader do a, a piano number. Yeah, I feel like those dart guns that he had were used in the writing of this movie. Like they just <laughs> did a whole bunch of like, hey, maybe he sings a song to her on the piano, and they shot it, and they're like, it hit that, so like, oh, we got to put it in the movie now. <laughs> this this movie was pretty bonkers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, including Anything the final confrontation, which, as I said before, is in the dream location for American Pickers, a circus <laughs> sign <laughs> warehouse. Hey, why did nobody ever call the cops? Like, they knew that Nick shot the dad. Because like, the police you think, don't like, exist in this world. I guess. Because you would think, like, when he goes to the hospital with gunshot wounds, the cops would be there and be like, hey, who shot you? And, his, and someone would have been like, brother, yo, it's Nick. Yeah. And, uh, and Morgan's brother, at one point, is like, am I going to have to wait for the cops to come? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you are. Get the cops to come. Yeah. That would help. <laughs> hey, you know, you overheard his conversation that they're going to be at the warehouse. So why don't you tell the cops to go there? Yeah, they're going to yeah. be there in 20 minutes. That's plenty of time for the yeah, cops to come. That's plenty of time. Especially like Morgan's brother, who is like the world's biggest uh, fop. Yeah, he's the biggest douche. He's like a big preppy douche. Well, he wasn't a bad guy, but yeah, he was a big preppy. Yeah. No. And at one point, he was wearing a V-neck yellow sweater without another shirt underneath it. Just the sweater. <laughs> well, it's California. It's hot. <laughs> well then just wear a polo shirt like the rest of the preppies 
Well, he's used to dressing like Connecticut, so come on, give yeah. him some yeah, some leeway. Kind of some slack. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm wearing a sweater and a t-shirt. It's hot. I'm gonna take off my t-shirt and leave the sweater. <laughs> he has to look uh, look like yuppie. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So then at the end, uh, James Bader kind of turns into Batman yeah. and starts like hanging from the rafters, yeah, and it's, fighting it's people. Like and... Sam Fisher, like solid snake sneaking around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, he sneaks around. He jumps from one like platform, like twenty feet down onto another platform. Still, nobody hears yeah. him. He sneaks up on this guy yeah. with his dart guns. He actually sets up a rope trap for somebody to step into <laughs> and be pulled upside down. Uh, and then, the, while that's happening, the Rube Goldberg thing, uh, the the other the big billboard falls on two other tufts. That whole fight scene was kind of crazy. It was really long, and then there was this like a lot of like uh, it was. It kind of had the horror elements in that because mm-hmm. they kept he kept beating up Nick and Nick would like look like he's done and then all of a sudden he comes back from the dead. Yeah, it was the like, deal. Oh, he keeps coming again. back with more and more blood on his face and more yeah, bruises, yeah. more pink bruise and, makeup. And this time he's got a weapon. Whoa! He's got a board with and, a uh, nail in it. <laughs> no, now he's got a pipe. <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah, yeah the and weapons then, got weaker every time. First it was a gun. You lose yeah. it. And then it was a, a a board with nails in it. Then it was just a pipe. Like, it, yeah, it, it was a weird it, uh, progression of weapons. I don't even think it was a pipe. It looked like conduit, like that, like hollow, like aluminum stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. the dog and, uh, went and fetched that at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and then, then at uh, the very end, James Spader subdues the guy by cutting his nail board in half with a fire axe. <laughs> which I was like, whoa, he's wielding a fire axe now. Like, yeah. What the hell is going on? And the whole time, like, it, I was like, oh, snap, is he really, like, part of me thought he was really going to get him with the axe, but another part of me was skull? like, but then another part of me was like, there's no way he's going to hit him with the axe, and, and, and he didn't, but, but after that gunshot, I was like, whoa, is he really going to hit this guy with the axe, because that would be pretty nuts. No, they, yes. they had the nice ending where the guy, the bad guy is sneaking up from behind him, and at the last minute, uh, the girl says, look out, and then yeah. Bruce Bader turns around and knocks the guy off the balcony, and he dies classic but uh before that there was a scene where i think it was right before uh he picked up the wood with the nail in it um james spader kind of threw him into the like a metal i don't even know what it was but something and he, he was out for a second and uh, J- uh morgan james spader finds it like a good time to just caress frankie's hair <laughs> for like way too long and because then uh, uh, Nick starts getting up and he's he's holding this wood with a nail in it and he's still rubbing her hair and it's like a full like 90 seconds of screen time of like jumping back and forth between like caressing her hair and him getting up from the ground and it's just like whoa this is not needed he should have been hit with this nail by now <laughs> well I think that, I think that was like this might be my last chance to stroke her hair because she's dead oh yeah that too but she, but she didn't die. She's, yeah. she's alive. She came back from the dead. They all went to the cool club again to see Jack Mack and the heart attack again. <laughs> and, and Jack Mack remembered uh, Frankie. Yeah, that's right. And uh, But I, what I want to know is, did the dad survive? Like, we never get... Who cares? Any, uh, I want to know if either dad Jack survived. I care. He was one of the coolest characters. The, the, the girl's 90-year-old dad get, like, <laughs> thrown over an entire rack of liquor bottles, and we never heard from him again. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about that guy so much, though. He was frail. So yeah, but he was also just giving away his daughter to some hooligan. Yeah. I'm sure he had a good life insurance policy. It's going to go with Frankie. <laughs> he wasn't from yeah, Connecticut, so can... dude. Okay, yeah, I got. That's about all I got. Uh, well, I think it passed the Bechdel test because 
Mm-hmm. The mom was making small talk with Frankie at their aborted dinner party. Mm-hmm. The mom has a name. We saw her name in the credits, at least. Yeah, That's in the credits, true. she has a name. And they talk about going to a rose garden. Yeah. yeah. They talk about then, the girl's non-existent mom. Uh, she tells the girl that she should use cold water to get the stain out of her blouse. All these great conversational moments. Uh, yeah. I'll buy it. But other than that, uh, tough turf. And that's tough turf with two T-U-F-F. Fs. T-U-F-F. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah. Either of you guys seen Cuffs? Because this reminded me of Cuffs as well. Yeah, I've seen Cuffs. I've it heard does kind of have that feel. Because that also is like a crazy combination of two things. It's like half risky business and half mm-hmm. like lethal weapon or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see this being in that vein of movie. Yeah, so if you like, so, uh, you know, all movies where there are words ending with UFF <laughs> from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, if you like one, you'll like them all. Yeah, why not? So you, so you would pair Tough Turf with Cuffs. Yeah. And the stuff and uh, anything else. <laughs> uh, Tough Turf is on YouTube if you want to watch it. Guys. Over a million views. And gals. Check out Spencer's podcast. Tune in tonight. Tune in tonight. With myself and Gina Radcliffe. Yeah. And I have another podcast in the works with uh, Joel Ooh. Torres of Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space. Oh, nice. Yeah, Check them out, people. And we're getting up to more than oh. one podcast per host nowadays. <laughs> 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 Gotta diversify. If it's starting all over it's again. It's not starting again, okay? It was an accident, all right? No, it's not all right. Who's going to pay for that, huh? Did you at least find out if they have any insurance? Insurance? This isn't Connecticut. No one has insurance around here. Oh, now they don't even have insurance. That's wonderful.